Section 34 of Christian Science by Mark Twain. Read by John Greenman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Distribution of the Machine's Powers and Dignities. Supreme Church. Pastor Emeritus, Mrs. Eddy. Board of Directors. Board of Education. Board of Finance. College Faculty. Various Committees. Treasurer. Clerk first members of the supreme church members of the supreme church it looks fair it looks real but it is all a fiction even the little pastor emeritus is a fiction instead of being merely an honorary and ornamental official mrs eddy is the only official in the entire body that has the slightest power in her manual she has provided a prodigality of ways and forms whereby she can rid herself of any functionary in the government whenever she wants to the officials are all shadows save herself she is the only reality she allows no one to hold office more than a year no one gets a chance to become overpopular or overuseful and dangerous excommunication is the favorite penalty it is threatened at every turn. It is evidently the pet dread and terror of the church's membership. The member who thinks, without getting his thought from Mrs. Eddy before uttering it, is banished permanently. One or two kinds of sinners can plead their way back into the fold, but this one never. To think in the Supreme Church is the new unpardonable sin. To nearly every severe and fierce rule Mrs. Eddy adds this rivet. This by-law shall not be changed without the consent of the pastor emeritus. Mrs. Eddy is the entire Supreme Church in her own person in the matter of powers and authorities. Although she has provided so many ways of getting rid of unsatisfactory members and officials, she was still afraid she might have left a life-preserver lying around somewhere, therefore she devised a rule to cover that defect. By applying it, she can excommunicate, and this is perpetual again, every functionary connected with the Supreme Church, and every one of the twenty-five thousand members of that church, at an hour's notice, and do it all by herself, without anybody's help. By authority of this astonishing by-law, she has only to say a person connected with that church is secretly practicing hypnotism or mesmerism, whereupon immediate excommunication, without a hearing, is his portion. She does not have to order a trial and produce evidence. Her accusation is all that is necessary. Where is the Pope? And where is the Tsar? As the ballot says, Ask the winds that far away with fragments strewed the sea. The branch church's pulpit is occupied by two readers. Without them, the branch church is as dead as if its throat had been cut. To have control, then, of the readers is to have control of the branch churches. Mrs. Eddy has that control, a control wholly without limit, a control shared with no one. One no reader can be appointed to any church in the christian science world without her express approval two 
she can summarily expel from his or her place any reader at home or abroad by a mere letter of dismissal over her signature and without furnishing any reason for it to either the congregation or the reader thus she has as absolute control over all branch churches as she has over the supreme church this power exceeds the pope's in simple truth she is the only absolute sovereign in all christendom the authority of the other sovereigns has limits hers has none none whatever and her yoke does not fret does not offend many of the subjects of the other monarchs feel their yoke and are restive under it their loyalty is insincere it is not so with this one's human property their loyalty is genuine earnest sincere enthusiastic the sentiment which they feel for her is one which goes out in sheer perfection to no other occupant of a throne for it is love pure from doubt envy exaction fault-seeking a love whose son has no spot that form of love strong great uplifting limitless whose vast proportions are compassable by no word but one the prodigious word worship and it is not as a human being that her subjects worship her but as a supernatural one a divine one one who has comradeship with god and speaks by his voice mrs eddy has herself created all these personal grandeurs and autocracies with others which i have not in this article mentioned they place her upon an alpine solitude and supremacy of power and spectacular show not hitherto attained by any other self-seeking enslaver disguised in the christian name and they persuade me that although she may regard self-deification as blasphemous she is as fond of it as i am of pie she knows about our mother's room in the supreme church in boston above referred to for she has been in it in a recently published north american review article note nineteen o two i quoted a lady as saying mrs eddy's portrait could be seen there in a shrine lit by always burning lights and that c s disciples came there and worshipped it that remark hurt the feelings of more than one scientist they said it was not true and asked me to correct it i comply with pleasure whether the portrait was there four years ago or not it is not there now for i have inquired the only object in the shrine now and lit by electrics and worshipped is an oil portrait of the horsehair chair mrs eddy used to sit in when she was writing science and health it seems to me that adulation has struck bottom here mrs eddy knows about that she has been there she has seen it she has seen the worshippers she could abolish that sarcasm with a word she withholds the word once more i seem to recognize in her exactly the same appetite for self-deification that i have for pie we seem to be curiously alike for the love of self-deification is really only the spiritual form of the material appetite for pie and nothing could be more strikingly christian scientifically harmonious 
I note this phrase. Christian science eschews divine rights in human beings. Rights is vague. I do not know what it means there. Mrs. Eddy is not well acquainted with the English language, and she is seldom able to say in it what she is trying to say. She has no ear for the exact word and does not often get it. Rights, does it mean honors, attributes? Eschews, uh, this is another umbrella where there should be a torch. It does not illumine the sentence, it only deepens the shadows. Does she mean denies, refuses, forbids, or something in that line? Does she mean Christian science denies divine honors to human beings, or Christian science refuses to recognize divine attributes in human beings, or Christian science forbids the worship of human beings? The bulk of the succeeding sentence is to me a tunnel, but when I emerge at this end of it I seem to come into daylight. Then I seem to understand both sentences, with this result. Christian science recognizes but one God, forbids the worship of human beings, and refuses to recognize the possession of divine attributes by any member of the race. I am subject to correction, but I think that that is about what Mrs. Eddy was intending to convey. Has her English, which is always difficult to me, beguiled me into misunderstanding the following remark, which she makes, calling herself we after an old regal fashion of hers, in her preface to her miscellaneous writings? Note page 3. While we entertain decided views as to the best method for elevating the race physically, morally, and spiritually, and shall express these views as duty demands, we shall claim no special gift from our divine origin, no supernatural power. Was she meaning to say, although I am of divine origin and gifted with supernatural power, I shall not draw upon these resources in determining the best method of elevating the race? If she had left out the word our, she might then seem to say, I claim no especial or unusual degree of divine origin. Which is awkward, most awkward, for one either has a divine origin or hasn't. Shares in it, degrees of it, are surely impossible. The idea of crossed breeds and cattle is a thing we can entertain, for we are used to it, and it is possible, but the idea of a divine mongrel is unthinkable. Well, then, what does she mean? I am sure I do not know for certain. It is the word our that makes all the trouble. With the our in, she is plainly saying my divine origin. The word from seems to be intended to mean on account of. It has to mean that or nothing, if our is allowed to stay. The clause then says, I shall claim no especial gift on account of my divine origin. And I think that the full sentence was intended to mean what I have already suggested, 
although i am of divine origin and gifted with supernatural power i shall not draw upon these resources in determining the best method of elevating the race when mrs eddy copyrighted that preface seven years ago she had long been used to regarding herself as a divine personage i quote from mr f w peabody's book note boston fifteen court square in the christian science journal for april eighteen eighty nine when it was her property and published by her it was claimed for her and with her sanction that she was equal with jesus and elaborate effort was made to establish the claim mrs eddy has distinctly authorized the claim in her behalf that she herself was the chosen successor to and equal of jesus the following remark in that april number quoted by mr peabody indicates that her claim had been previously made and had excited horror among some good people now a word about the horror many good people have of our making the author of science and health equal with jesus surely if it had excited horror in mrs eddy also she would have published a disclaimer she owned the paper she could say what she pleased in its columns instead of rebuking her editor she lets him rebuke those good people for objecting to the claim these things seem to throw light upon those words our my divine origin it may be that christian science eschews divine rights in human beings and forbids worship of any but one god one christ but if that is the case it looks as if mrs eddy is a very unsound christian scientist and needs disciplining i believe she has a serious malady self-deification and that it will be well to have one of the experts demonstrate over it meantime let her go on living for my sake closely examined painstakingly studied she is easily the most interesting person on the planet and in several ways as easily the most extraordinary woman that was ever born upon it p s since i wrote the foregoing mr mccracken's article appeared in the march number of the north american review before his article appeared that is to say during december january and february i had written a new book a character portrait of mrs eddy drawn from her own acts and words and it was then together with the three brief articles previously published in the north american review ready to be delivered to the printer for issue in book form in that book by accident and good luck i have answered the objections made by mr mccracken to my views and therefore do not need to add an answer here also in it i have corrected certain misstatements of mine which he has noticed and several others which he has not referred to there are one or two important matters of opinion upon which he and i are not in disagreement but there are others upon which we must continue to disagree i suppose indeed i know we must for instance he believes mrs eddy wrote science and health whereas i am quite sure i can convince a person unhampered by predilections that she did not as concerns one considerable matter i hope to convert him 
he believes mrs eddy's word in his article he cites her as a witness and takes her testimony at par but if he will make an excursion through my book when it comes out and will dispassionately examine her testimonies as there accumulated i think he will in candor concede that she is by a large percentage the most erratic and contradictory and untrustworthy witness that has occupied the stand since the days of the lamented ananias End of section 34 Distribution of the Machine's Powers and Dignities